I'll start the show. Well, I it's July 8th, uh, 1996. I mean... Uh, and the light of It's July 8th, 2016. And, and we're here to wait for Phil to finish the song. Go. What am I made of? And I don't remember the rest. One second, let me check if the recording's fine. Little sounds of... Okay, we're back. And I sounded cooler on the on the live feed. I can't say goodbye to yesterday, my friend, because I know how long it has been. Out of the darkness, there is no other. I could check the lyrics right now. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome once again. Welcome. It's been such a long time. It's been, yeah, I mean. It's been a very long time. And now we're back. We're talking. When was the last time? End of May. End of May. Talking about X-Men Apocalypse. Now that seems to be quite a long time ago. Feels like quite a while ago, doesn't it? It was. I mean, you know, these things, they happen. You know. They couldn't have happened any other way. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome, Jacob. <laughs> Welcome to you too. Thank you, my friend. I think this will be a very mellow podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where we don't have a topic. You know, no. the last two episodes we had had a bunch of topics about you know movies. This one, I don't know. You know, we're just going to whatever. This gonna is the return to spend, whatever. Spend your time just listening to us talk about things. Mm-hmm. I could open the news. I could. No, I don't want to open the news. It's very no, not a good time for no. news today. Okay, you want to go again from the start? Batman v Superman <laughs> Justice came out. Okay, it, what do you want to talk about? Movies. We're talking now, Jacob. Okay. Batman v Superman Donna Justice came out, just remember. Yes. And I just had a realization after Frank, our buddy Frank that we always keep mentioning on our podcast, yep. he said something about editing, and then I remembered, <gasps> it's here. What's BVS, here? BVS Donna Justice is here. The scary Batman scenes are there. I can finally start editing my magnum opus, which is mm-hmm. Gotham City. Oh, yeah. yeah. A city of justice. A city of love. And then a city of peace for every one of us. And then we'll just put all the violent scenes from all the Batman films. Gotham Glorious. City. And now we have yeah. all that. We have like more hard, serious Batman movies than we do the goofy, silly ones. It'll be great. I yeah. can't wait for and that. And then the kids sing. Gotham City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what were they I thinking? The Tell me. Do you know what they're thinking? I think R. Kelly was just uh, watching the wrong movies. He probably was. <laughs> so what could we talk about? Um, I guess we could talk about some movies we watched. Well, um, I could just tell you about um, Oliver Harper. Tell me about Oliver Harper. I was listening to his reviews uh, with his friends, Duncan Casey and... Michael Caine? Michael Caine. Yep. I remember I saw that on YouTube once. It was um, them answering questions. Frank yeah. Ireland sent in a question. That's right. For him to do an impersonation that's of perfect. Michael Caine. And he did a great impersonation of him saying something, some kind of quote. Yeah, they have dinosaurs. Jaws. Yeah, dinosaurs. Something about dinosaurs. They're not, they're not. We'll link that. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's, they, they, do, they have a lot more uh, energy. Than than we mm-hmm. than we do mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the time, I mean that just comes with you know what people you have with you, and also when you have three people, the energy does 
naturally just build up a little bit more. But what I wanted to say was that uh, um, Oliver Harper and uh, whoops, I'm gonna have to cut that one out. <laughs> I, I'm, try, I'm trying. To what play. about him? Oh yeah, Oliver oh, Harper. getting his name. Oliver Harper, uh, Duncan Casey, and Richard Jackson. You have to leave it in. Philip finding his name. Okay. I had to. I'm just to. kidding. Fine, you can cut it out. I don't care. Oliver Harper, Duncan Casey, Richard Jackson, uh, and their commentary and the reviews for movies. Andrew Jackson? That, it was Andrew Jackson. $20 bill. <laughs> Isn't he going to be replaced? That's official occupation. $20 <laughs> bill man. Well, yeah, he's dead. He's got nothing Which else president? He's like the sixth? No, he's later. It's like the fourth. Mm. Um, sixth. I think you're right, actually. You should look it up. Just Andrew Jackson. Okay, check it out. Just say Siri, sixth president of the United States. Sixth president of the United States. Let me check that. The answer is John Quincy. No! Nah. <laughs> you know the song? Oh, yeah, 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 of course. I'm sorry. George no. Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson. Seven. Martin from Buren. Those songs come in handy. <laughs> yeah. It's like A, B, C, D. Yeah. I still don't know my A, B, C, D. A, B, C. And the one, two, three. You do that one? No, no. A, B, C, Jackson D, five. E, G, H, there we go. There's another elemental. The special letter yes. P. Some uh, people could do the be- uh, alphabet backwards. That's right. Uh, Can you do it? Try. No. It. <laughs> I already don't know. Z, Y, X. I have to sing the song. <laughs> twenty. Uh, how many letters does the English language have? Twenty six. I think it's twenty seven. How many letters in the alphabet? Here's some information. Twenty six. Oh, I was no. correct. I'm right. <laughs> Ow. Woo! Anyway, I would have to sing the song 26 times to get every letter backwards. A, B, C, D, E, G, H, J, K, L, K. Okay, Z is the first one. It's the given. Z, Y, X. Z, Y, X. Y, Q, R, D. V, V. Okay. Anyway, they were doing some reviews, and I liked the reviews, particularly when they were talking about Independence Day, uh, which is a movie we watched called Independence Day Resurgence, yeah. and we made a nice little video review because Jake just pulled up his little camera phone and started recording us going back from the cinema right yes uh i don't know what to say about the film except that i really thought that the new one all the reviews yeah all the reviews that we got from it was kind of fun to watch because there's something about independence day one that's spoiler alert no it's fine i mean there's something about independence day one that uh is like a, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. it's like a big dumb fun movie touch tone, mm, yeah, touchstone yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, yeah. like the '90s. You know what I mean? Like that's like the one movie that everybody went to watch, and it became it was a big hit. You know, Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin, who are the minds behind it, or anti minds. Now the funniest thing was Red Letter Media. You know, with the. Uh, mm-hmm. Mike Saclasa and Jay Bauman and they were talking about the first movie right and they didn't like it for some reason and then there was this whole thing about everybody mentioning how they don't like schlock they like schlock but then when it's this one it's not what they liked which is fine I understand but for me I felt like Independence Day is just sort of like a, a part of pop culture in 1996 or like the 90s in general that uh, is not um, insignificant because of like the impact that it's had. For me, it's like uh, '90s bread and butter. Yes, it's sort of yes. it's a staple now. That's right. And so it has its place. Yep. Whatever you think about it, 
I don't know. It's just one of those films that came out and uh, it's just it just is. Mm-hmm. It just is. Great performance by Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though you know it's like a cheesy movie. Was he fresh off a of Lord of the Rings? No, 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 no. Lost no, World. No, no. no Lost World after. After. Okay, ninety-seven. Lost yeah. World. And I mean, like, it's just—it's hard to even explain about. It is, that isn't it? Movie Independence it's just, is hard. It's just yeah. aliens that attack. What you know? That's the movie, and it's and it's done in the most popcorny way, you know. Yeah, and the funny thing is that it's not Corn the, being it's not the most cheesy, but at the same time, it's got a—it's not it's sci-fi. Got a hint, it's got a hint of of cheesiness, and I wouldn't say it's got a lot it's of coyness. A, I wouldn't say it's a movie that's. It's surface level. Surface, yeah, surface level. But it's the not funny, super serious. But the, yeah, but the, the funny movie thi- takes itself seriously. Yeah. But well, it's surface level. A little uh, bit. I mean, look. What do you I, dance? I'm, I'm an exotic. I'm a, I'm a dancer. Oh, ballet. But that's a comedy. <laughs> but it's cheesy 90s comedy. But I don't. I think they're writing it and they thought it was a good comedy. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, anyway, uh, it's just a, it's just a staple part of the 90s. That's what I yeah, think. Bill part. Pullman's amazing and he should be in movies now. He, he really should. should. Why isn't he in I movies? like Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, yeah. Just so great. I'm the president. Can you, can you get the coffee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they made Resurgence, which is so funny to me because I, when I heard about it, I thought that's great because like in the, in the trailer, there was the whole thing with uh, them actually using the alien technology and you know, changing the world. I like that from that because that's, that's, that's doing something else. I didn't expect that. Yes. I expected it just to be the same movie and I wouldn't watch it. But That's good. They made me, a little futuristic, yeah, yeah. Uh, positive futuristic outlook, and it'll be interesting. Yeah, and they got most of the cast back, the old ones. It's a shame Will Smith wasn't in it. I think it would have been good if he was. Yes. But I'm glad helped. the rest of the people are there. Yes. But the only problem I had was they didn't use most of the rest of the people. I That's think true. most of us wanted to watch them because it's been 20 years, and I don't understand I why think... if you're making a sequel to this, why aren't you using it as just a special event where all the people are coming back and you're doing something with the old characters that you want to see. Yeah. But they kind of didn't feel like they were doing that. They felt like they were making a new franchise by making a sequel, kind of. Well, it was half and half. Half and half. Mmm. Half and half in the coffee. Go, 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 go. Uh, I don't know if this would be a spoiler alert or not. But anyway, one of the, maybe, potential spoiler alert now. Okay. I think okay. one of the main... Uh, complaints was that Jeff Goldblum wasn't enough in the movie. Yeah. And I would agree with the this. tall, gangly man. He should have been us. more in the film. And I also agree that uh, with these kinds of films, let's be honest, most people, including myself, are there to watch the original cast again. Yes. Revise their roles, and we get to see something new happen to them. Not that interested in these new characters, because go make your own movie. But not only that, but the new characters aren't very... Regardless there's, there's, of what you think nothing, of the characters, there's very, they need their own film. Go away. They should have just been sides, yeah. side characters. Like, super side characters, yeah. because this is Independence Day, and why do we like Independence Day? Because, because we of, want to see Bill Pullman! Uh, 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 Magnus laptop, uh, <laughs> and hack the, hack, the, hack the aliens. Uh, that's yeah, what you want. go and hack those hey, aliens. That's what we want. Guys. You want the fat lady sings. The fat lady? <sighs> Cigars. That's what we want. That's right. The characters. That's pretty much it. And as for the rest but of the film, what I, I think is completely middle of the road. Yeah, but what I liked is that they made, it's, it's made they, they showed more of the aliens. Mm. They still don't have names. The aliens. I'm trying to think. I like seeing. I like seeing the 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 Peter Totopoulos. Let me think. 
his his he's a concept designer. He designed the aliens, and I just like seeing oh. them walking around because they're CG now, and yeah, they're pretty, they're all right, and you can actually see them walking around and shooting with guns. Yeah, why not? I'm all I for liked, that stuff. and it was so funny because these twenty years, because for me, nineteen ninety six Independence Day is just like this nineties thing. It felt so big at the time; it was like yes. the real thing. And you're looking back, and it's like, wow, yeah, that was. But now it's different. It's a completely different. And time. you also look back because um, when Independence came. I, I, I would say day came yeah. out. Uh, it was sort of before this huge uh, pop culture bombardment with the internet. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff they were doing, I think you could argue, was a little more original. Like they were one of the first to kind of try to make this big blockbuster. Yeah. I'm not trying to make it sound like the movie's great. Or yeah. Anything, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah, saying yeah. that like. It, today, when an Independence Day comes out, it's nothing special because we've seen it a thousand times. Yeah. But I think like it was one of the first movies to do something like that. Yeah, they made it big, made especially big like movie. for '96, and you had again, you know, aliens and like these big ships and yeah. explosions. The White House blows up. That's what people like that. went to watch. They went to watch it because yeah. oh, aliens are it really looks real. How and the I think yes, remember like today we're like oh it's scum. cliche, but like this was one of the first things to do cliche stuff. Yeah, that at the time wasn't cliche. Yeah, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, what and would you? I think the movie. Could which have one? Been, the new the one. New one the, the second one. Uh, with these kinds of things, I always want. I keep over the top stuff because why not? Yeah. Have everyone come back and uh, just do just do um, over the top. Uh, make the film aware. Because in this case, uh, there's no point in going middle of the road because we all know. For instance, Bill Pullman. Oh yeah, should have yes. been like you said more yeah. in the film. But not only that, he should have done his speech again. He should have done his speech one. again. Yes, and that's the kind of funny stuff I would love to see. And like you said, like he should, like the president died, which she did. That's not a consequence in the movie, so it doesn't matter. We're already in spoiler territory. Yeah, so. fine, whatever. And uh, Bill Pullman should have been like, they're like, we need you again, you know, because you're the only one who could lead them. Yes. See, that's so cheesy and stupid, but yes, that's what but I want. That's and what we want. Then he's like, okay, I'll be the president, but until you find One another guy. Time. But only in, until you find another guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, I've done this before. I'm a pilot. <laughs> I belong in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> but he takes command, and then he, yeah. like, you know how last time they're outside in the Air Force base with, yeah. like, 50 people? Now it's, like, 200 people. Yes. With mecha suits and stuff Mecha all suits. They missed a Whatever, good opportunity. You know? And he's like, we will not go quietly into the night. Yep. And he can add a new spin at the end, like something yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Like, yeah. We will go, we have gone to the moon. Or, but I, I still have to say the queen was a really, I don't understand that because that's just aliens. And he could be like, we will join the galactic forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, he had to die. He had to die oh, and blah, 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 blah. But in any case, uh, it was middle of the road on both ends, like uh, in terms of a action spectacular movie. Yeah, whatever. Like, but also in terms of like what I was hoping it would be, which is I always have these higher what are your hopes expectations for a movie before I go and watch it. Because I thought they will pull it off. They will make a movie that goes back to 1996, yeah, well, yeah. but will make it <gasps> feel... What? They could have done flashbacks. <laughs> like, remember remember when you tagged that code? Yeah, it's like, why don't you make a self-indulgent movie like that? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. But now it's a chance. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Because now we're 20 years later, everyone knows the movie. Yeah. Their ticket sales are going to come directly from the people who want to see that film. Yes. And so why go and just... It sounds like I'm complaining, but I'm not. I'm just saying that these are opportunities they had. But so many times with these kinds of movies, they're more happy with 
bringing in new characters and making a new franchise. Yes, but whatever. I, it's I just, fine. I, I really just wanted a, just a big old callback to the 1996 one that's yeah. entertaining and does some fun stuff with the old characters to see them again and whatever that was with the original. But the Alien <laughs> Queen, but the Alien Queen looked pretty good in terms of computer graphics when it was running around and chasing people. Looked like it was there, uh, but then again, I might watch it again and probably not think the same thing. Probably. So anyway, there's another film called Swiss Army Man. <laughs> Do you know? Come again? There's a movie called Swiss Army Man, and I can read you the synopsis. Alone on a tiny deserted island, Hank was given up all hope of ever making it home again. But one day, everything changes when a dead body washes ashore, and he soon realizes that it may be his last opportunity to escape from certain death. Armed with his new friend and an unusual bag of tricks, the duo go on an epic adventure to bring Hank back to the woman of his dreams. And you know who plays the corpse? Daniel Radcliffe. Hmm. So he's, he's a corpse in the entire movie. That sounds like a movie Tim made up. Probably. That I... I didn't see it. I might see it now. No. <laughs> I don't know. I usually judge these things by posters, which is the worst thing to do. Well, it's just both of them on an island. Anyway, I look at the poster um, and go, hmm, probably wouldn't be interested in that. Anyway, Zootopia was pretty good. I thought it was nice. I liked it. It wasn't like super amazing or anything, but it was fun. To okay, watch. here's one thing I really liked about Zootopia. First of all, I think uh, pretty good theme, pretty relevant maybe. Second thing, I think for me the theme was a little too on the nose. Too on the nose. Too on the nose. It didn't feel. It didn't feel fantastic enough. Okay. It didn't feel storybook enough. It felt like someone was. It felt. It felt a little bit like they were talking through mm-hmm. the film. Maybe if I watched it again, maybe I would change. Even my mind. though I liked the theme, but yeah, I know what you're saying, and I agree. I don't know actually what exactly what I think, but it's it seemed like a good message to put in a movie. I know, but um, it just felt like again, like I just kept. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They yeah. could have, they could have covered it a little bit more. Maybe, yeah. Because that, that's what, that's what you do with art, and I think that is true. That is kind of true. Yeah, yeah. You want them to be there, but you don't want pe- to point at it. You don't want to point. At it, yeah. But that's okay. I mean, look. Otherwise, the movie was nice. Great characters. Like, I mean, though, it is better to do that than to do a generic other theme. You're maybe, right. maybe yeah. if we put it in that perspective. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but the second thing I liked was that it uh, went in a lot of different locations. Yeah. So created, all around Zootopia. When people say these days we're world building, this was actual world building. They yeah. built a whole nice little world. No, it wasn't little; it was big. And guess who messaged different me? locations? Tim. Hey, hey, hey! And there was all these very visually differential areas. Mm-hmm. Which kept it very... By the way, Tim, I love that song. Oh, yeah. Give me the sword! That's how it worked, right? Yeah. That's good. Brilliant. Keep doing it. And that's what I liked about it. What do you think about the locations? Great. I liked it because they were usually using, you know, zoology and biology to dictate what the animals did because, you know, I'm so sick of, you know, the furry people on DeviantArt and on the internet and communities and stuff like that. I'm, I'm aware, yes. The only thing that I know about, the only thing that I don't like about it as much is because they don't implement like the animalistic sort of behaviors that are natural to the creatures that they're wanting to do. It's just like normal people, but they just happen to be foxes oh, and it's like, uh, it's like Will Smith fish. Well, yes, Will Smith fish. That's pretty much what it is. And that's the only thing that I liked about Zootopia is that they tried handling it. I in like a that too. More creative way. And it's so funny what they were talking about behind the scenes when they said, I didn't notice this, but yeah, all the animals are pr- proportionately 
different in size. Oh, we were watching the making of. Yes, and I liked it because, of course, that's Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill, of course. Um, and what I liked about it is that I didn't notice that they mentioned that. But yes, it's so true that every other anthropomorphic movie with uh, from Disney, they're all kind of human size. They're all relative. An elephant is as big as you know a bear in Robin Hood, for example. And yeah, I'm glad they did that. In this. And I liked what they did here was they made the, all the animals small yeah. and big and stuff like that. And uh, you know the mystery stuff is great. You know it's nice seeing uh, like a cop movie, a mystery film again. It was like in, you know Roger Rabbit kind of stuff, and that was great. And then another bunny there. I mean, I have to say it was a movie that uh, kept your interest, and uh, um, yeah, you can just sit back and and watch it, and it's pretty good. All right, you know what? I watched some other movies. Wait, wait, wait. But what I didn't like was this ending, the song. The dancing Wait, at the end? Are we supposed to, is that a spoiler? How, How is a dance number Because someone like me who would have liked no dance ending would be like, oh, there's a dance ending? <laughs> well, you'll forget it once you start watching the movie. I know, but why do they always have to do that? I don't know. And then the song was stuck in my head for a whole day. Really? Yeah. I don't remember it at all. Try everything. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway... Guess what, man? I've seen so many movies in the interim. Intermin? Nope, it's wrong. It's, it's um, you got interim. That, you got that one time wrong. You wrote the podcast title. Intermin in the interim. Interim. It's supposed to be the inter, interim, I'm pretty sure. Nope. Interim. Inter. See, now you confuse me. Yeah, interim, of course. Interim, yeah. and you wrote intermin, the podcast title. Right, well, it's interim now, so yes. I know. I know these things. So I watched a bunch of movies. I don't want to review all of them because that's going to... Well, let's kinda... do this. Let's give you like a 10-second... Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I'll give you 20 seconds. All right, so June 2016. The no, no, no. <laughs> so first film, you ready? Yep. What's the film? Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Go. All right, Beneath the Planet of the Apes was a great movie. Uh, no, it wasn't a great movie. It was not <laughs> so good. Uh, it was definitely not as good as the first one, but I really liked how... Uh, uh, some of the ideas that they had in it and very interesting visuals that they put into it. But uh, the problem is, of course, the, that the first half is, uh, you know, a imitation of Planet of the Apes one. Thank you. Second movie is called Rashomon. Go. And uh, Rashomon is directed by Akira Kurosawa, one of his first movies in 1950. And uh, it's a great movie where uh, people are uh, brought into a court case and they're... Uh, telling the story, the same story through different perspectives and everybody's lying. And at the end, it was really good and you should watch it. I recommend that movie. Uh, number nine, it, this is, you know, on June 9th, uh, Pacific Rim. Now, Pacific Indulges. Rim... Pacific Rim is a great movie by Guillermo del Toro. Unfortunately, this movie, I think it's growing on me. Every time I watch it, I like it more. And I think that, unfortunately, this movie has not gotten a good rep box office-wise. And they're making the second one, which... Uh, and I think there's good, there's more ideas now flowing in that I feel like you could uh, have in the movie. And, unfortunately, you know, the second one might not be doing very well, but I don't know. Uh, What's the next film? Uh, June 10th, I watched Evil Dead 2. Tell us about Evil Dead 2. I love Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite movies, and it's great, and it's funny, and I I liked watching it again, especially in high def. (laughs) Great crisp quality, and you know, what can you say? It's Evil Dead 2. It's it's hilarious and scary and gory and over the top, and it's Sam Raimi at his finest. I think Evil Dead 2 is one of those movies where I don't find it, you know, I, I find most horror movies scary. Evil Dead 2 I don't find scary, but it's one of those movies where I don't enjoy watching because of the setting. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I that's why like I like setting. Evil Dead Three because that setting is fun. Right. Okay. Let's next people movie. think this. Okay. So June tenth, I watched with Michaela. Shout out to Michaela. Hey. I watched 
Dragonheart 3, The Sorcerer's Curse. Okay. That movie was horrible, and I don't want to watch it ever again. It was very boring, and it was very typical. It felt like it was made for TV, but it wasn't. It was actually director video, and it was like a feature film, and it just, there was nothing that was compelling to me. And, uh, you know, the dragon looked kind of cool, I guess, maybe in certain shots, but it's nice to see the special effects being used in a way that, uh, uh, for this such a, such a budget. Uh, number, and then I watched on June 11th. I watched Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and that oh. movie is pretty nice and much better than uh, the second one. This one actually does a reverse of uh, Planet of the Apes, where the apes actually come to the human world back in the time because the third film, yeah, because they salvaged the ship from um, Charlton Heston and uh, great ideas. And I wish more movies could be this uh, like it's an it's a no, big novel movie, idea, and and they're using concepts and ideas in an intelligent way, even though the execution wasn't amazing, but. Uh, you know, I would like to see more movies like that that aren't just indies. What's the uh, next one? Number thirteen. I watched. Uh, this is June thirteen. I watched. Um, so this is this is we're back with the podcast at the dump. <laughs> we're we're yeah, yeah, every, yeah. Bring, bringing everyone back. Yeah. With the with all right. The so stuff. okay. What's the next one? Kronos. Guillermo right, Kronos. Del- Goltamol Toro. Toro's first movie. It was a nice movie to watch. I liked it. It was very. Uh, it's dark because that's the kind of thing that he does. Uh, I didn't notice this at the beginning because I have no idea what this movie was about. But it had uh, a vampire element in it. It's very Nosferatu. Vampire so that's it. stuff that I just like uh, about the movie. And uh, it's a very uh, characterized piece. Like it's like for with characters and stuff. And it's comedy and it's also scary, but it's also kind of sad and melodramatic and it's nice. Sorry, that was more than 10 seconds. Okay, but uh, 20 seconds. We're going Kronos, 1993. Uh, then it was Zootopia, which I talked about. Mm-hmm. Now, now on June 22nd, I watched... The Duelists. Oh man, which is Ridley Scott's, <laughs> for the which is Ridley Scott's first movie, and uh, you know, I wanted to see what made Alien, you know, what made them want him to do stuff for Alien, how he got, you know, this little reputation that he did. First of all, the movie looks really good. It looks very nice, very authentic looking, because that's what Ridley Scott's known to do. And um, it's made in 1977, and it's about these two guys who. Uh, are always finding each other and doing duels because one of them is just being a butt about it and he just wants to duel the other guy. <laughs> this is really funny. And it's hilarious, but unintentionally know, so, yeah. but it's slow and it's a little, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy it as a narrative. It was just going all over the place and it was hard to understand, even though I understood it in the end. But the heart of the movie, it was the good part. It's just too bad there's well, so the much Well, the heart of the around. movie, I didn't watch it, but the heart of the movie from what you told me is, you should stop dueling. Yeah, uh, it's, it's about different people's perspectives of honor and what that means and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I can see, I can see why, but uh, not the most uh, fast-paced. No, no. Then we watched Independence Day, and then we watched Batman. Batman versus Superman. Just Batman. So here's what I can tell you about Batman versus Superman. Jacob Batman, oh, 1989. Batman. Are you reviewing that one too? Bomb, 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 bomb. Yeah. Okay, go. Batman, 1989. Tim Burton's third movie. Uh, it's you know. It's Batman. I mean, it's amazing how they were able to make this new kind of thing. Everybody trusted each other to make this movie, and Tim Burton was able to direct it, and no one, you know, threw a little hissy fit or it or most of the time. And just, you know, it's just a Batman adventure film, and it's great. And, you know, it did a lot of things for the comic book thing. Okay, so yeah. next one, Batman Forever. Okay, can I review this one? Really? Yes, And I'll on. give it to you. Go ahead. Okay, Batman Forever is kind of a weird film. Val Kilmer is a good Batman. He does that weird smile in the film, which oh, is really yes. funny. My favorite part of the movie, all time favorite part of the movie, is where he goes. He's about to leave the Batcave, and he asks Alfred, "Should I go by air or by sea?" Yeah. <laughs> and they pan to both. You the just vehicles. want his hand to sort of gesture. Uh, yeah. You want to review Batman yeah. Forever? Uh, Batman Forever is just yeah, whatever. I don't care. Okay. I mean, it's okay. I like the visuals, and it's nostalgic to me, and I like the music and how. Uh, 
what's his name? I forgot his name. The composer? Joel Schumacher. Oh, How Joel Schumacher made the film. Uh, I like his visual, but not necessarily the narrative structure and the way it was as a whole. I just liked kind of the visuals. It was very off the wall. That is true. It was off the wall. There you go. Then I watched uh, June 29th. I watched District 9. Okay. Tell us District 9. Do you want 30 seconds? Is it easier for 30 seconds? No, no. Just do whatever you did. District 9. Take it away. District 9 was Neil Blomkamp's first uh, feature-length film, and I'm watching a lot of people's first feature-length films. Um, And it's made in 2009, it's about aliens that came to Johannesburg, I think, or Joburg, I forget which one, uh, down to Africa, and they actually, you know, they're they're not intelligent, they're nothing, they're just people that they have to... Oh, that's it? I told you, maybe a little more for this one, I'll give you 40 seconds. Oh, thanks. 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And of, of course, I've seen this movie before. Most of these movies are seen before. So the before. full point is the aliens are misunderstood. Well, they're not only misunderstood, but they're just unfathomable because they yeah, are true. not, uh, they're well, not, also, they're not the doing... intelligence of their, of their community of, in space. So these, these prawns, they take them and they have to put them into concentration camps because there's no other place for, for, for them to yeah, be. Yeah. And uh, there's this guy called uh, Wickes van der Merve and he goes... And tries to inspect the. He's one of the inspectors, but then what happens is this this goop that one of the aliens, uh, one of the prawns, were, was collecting for twenty years, uh, accidentally splashes on him, and he starts, you know, morphing to into one of them. And then a lot of different, you know, it's a big thing with. It. Oh, never mind. I messed okay, this whole thing okay. up. You're Point is, it's a great movie, and I liked it. CGI is great. Good movie. Okay, what else we got? Uh, well, I can just go back in time. Oh yeah. There's only one thing I can talk to you about because. Three podcasts wasn't able to. Okay, we can do it longer. We can, we can top the timer. We're done now. Okay, finally. Many reviews are done. Finally. Back in uh, May, uh, March, people yeah. were loving this movie. They were like, this is one of the best Disney live-action adaptations of all time. This movie is called The Jungle Book. Right? Right on. John Favreau. Um, and the movie, in the end when I watched it, I finally watched mm. it, I have to say... When it started, you know, they had that nice um, watercolor Disney logo. Or is it pastel Disney logo at the beginning? And John Demme just just, just, want, just had to put the classic... Jungle Book music from the original animated one. Yep. And I was like, yes, I'm going to watch this now. I don't know why. It's just because I just, you know, I didn't know they would do it that, pay so much homage, homage to that. Um, and so I was, I, you know, all, all the guard was down. From, like, for me, it was just all, you know, I, I'm all, the, all the guards were down. The gods, the gods, step down. Yeah. And guess step what? Step down, gods. So I just watched the entire movie. And I, for what it is, I enjoyed well, that's what most you normally of do it. when you go to the cinema. <laughs> okay. You normally watch But usually the what I do movie. is I dissect it and think about it and look at it really. Oh, nice. So you actually went with the flow. No, I didn't go with the flow. I'll no, never go with the flow. It doesn't, my mind just Join doesn't work like club, that. Join the club, mate. My, my mind just doesn't work like that, you know? But you can tell it to but I like how I'm doing it because it's so... How about I, this? I get Choose. both. Look, I've enjoyed these movies, but I still was thinking of other things. So just leave me alone. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, no more. Okay, so Jungle Book, I wanted to say that I didn't not like it. I actually liked it for you know for what it was. You loved it like 10 No, 10. but here's my problem. And I went, I, was, I went out and I was satisfied with it. You know, like they, they told a story. Um, but here's the problem. Here's the biggest problem. 
the first Jungle Book, the original, was all about visually telling a story, telling a story by action, by music, by mood. Uh, the, the original Jungle Book was actually very like it's still being used Popular. by people in animation to look at how well these people animated these characters. Like just they were like r- real experts by then, you know, like the Nine Old Men, which are the, most of the story, like the supervisors and um, supervising animators and animators. But this one just had to do... And I think this is what we're losing with uh, these big movies, is that it has to be reliant on exposition and dialogue to pull a story. And I thought... And that, to me, was the biggest detriment of this film. Not only that, but the speeches during the movie, and it felt like it didn't know what it really wanted to do. Yeah, you know, one time when Mowgli's like, I will not go into the village. Yeah. I will not go on without a fight. Yeah. Not go quietly yeah. in the night. And then Bagheera says like three different things about Mowgli and it doesn't and Baloo and then it just felt like like to me it just didn't feel like an organic film like it didn't feel like it moved organically. Here's what I thought, right? To me, it didn't feel like. And also, I just wanted to say that back flashback with when Ka is telling, "Hey, trust in me." And Ka is telling Mowgli about the backstory about the humans, and it's like that. There's a section in there with Baby Mowgli that in the original cartoon was used in such a way that was so, like, I can still remember, like, the jungle, Bagheera finding this baby in the river, mm-hmm. and there's this whole pantomime thing going on, and it's just told visually, and that's the sort of stuff that I feel like I can't believe movies these days, they don't, I feel like they're not relying on this anymore, and I feel like, why not? This is, this is what movies are about. They're about you telling a story through action. It's telling a story through not just people saying what to do. And that's Show not what, tell. And that's what this movie felt like. But nevertheless, it was like a good movie. It wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong. <laughs> there you go. Nothing wrong when it came time to like tell a story that it wanted to tell and use the elements that it used. But it wasn't like it just felt like it didn't have that. It didn't have that natural uh, progression. I don't know how to say it, but like. The craftsmanship, it just felt like it wasn't handmade. It felt like it was just, here's scene one, here's scene two, this will work, this will work. And it did. It was like one of those sushi makers. that Of course. (laughs) Here's my thought, right? There we go. Uh, It felt kind of like a series of scenes stitched together. Scene one. Of course. Scene three. That's four. what it felt like to me. And it when, when Baloo was like, I gotta get you back to the man village, it's like, when did this happen? It didn't feel like, like, in in the first, in the original one, I remember, like, Mowgli was pals with Baloo, and then he got kidnapped by the monkeys, and then got to King Louie, and then at the end, Bagheera and, 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 and Baloo were both, like, sort of, like, sharing a moment when they both had black eyes at the end after after escaping uh, King Louie's castle. Pride Rock. Remember that? And and then they kind of bought you like all these scenes. They just felt so like they were part of a movie that was like a story integrated. And here it's just Bagheera says, "We've got to take him to the man village." And it's like, and it just it just just feels like position heavy. It just feels like it's just talking. And it's just like just wasn't it wasn't what it should have been and could have been. But it was okay. (laughs) And we can't forget that this is how a scene would play out. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. I'm going to sing now. Yeah, that too. And it's like, look, remember this song? This was in the old film. We're singing it now. 
And then we're done singing it now. On with the film. Also, did you see the cowbell? There was a cowbell in King Louis. The joke is the North cowbell thing. Yeah. Um, why? Like, I don't know. For me, it was just weird because, like, with adaptations, uh, especially if you're basing it off of a film, which is already an adaptation of the book. Um, I mean, first of all, it's weird that they made it, and second of all, it's um, you know, why not? If you're gonna recreate it, recreate it like the original cartoon. Like, why isn't King Louis this small? What is he, orangutan? Or what because is he? he's a gigantopithecus now. No. Like, why is he just a regular guy dancing? I want to be like a new man cub. I'd watch that. Then just watch but the original. Nice to be the big mafia boss. No yeah. No, there's a lot of things that I don't... I don't understand. I, just, I, I don't understand. It's like Michael Bean talking. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to think about this. And yeah. that's it. There's, there's my reviews. Whew, it took three episodes to get here, but... <laughs> you said it. I said it. I didn't hate the What's movie. What's the reception? Wasn't bad. like it was people, people were made. like people liked the movie for some reason. Yeah, they all said it was like Renaissance of Disney, amazing and stuff like that. Really? Is that again, everybody. People Phillip? said that about Zootopia too. Yeah, that's true. And people say that about maybe Finding. I haven't seen Finding. Well, Dory. it's a good thing to remember that a lot yeah. of this stuff um, happens and then it stops happening and then people forget it happened. That's so, true. You know, hype comes up and goes away, and then the true test is you know. 30 years from now, someone's going, Jungle Book from 2016. It's a great film. Yeah. And you watch it like, wow. If that were the case. Mm-hmm. In, a, in an alternate universe. District 9 is good, though. Yeah. District 9 is, again, the oh, same oh, thing oh. in the vein of like, Evil Dead 2. It's like, District oh. 9 is a good movie. But again, I don't enjoy being in that setting. I understand. Yes. But those are kinds of settings that I kind of like, you know. Cool. It just happens. Just these yep. things happen. But there's a lot of depressing things it's that really I don't sad, like. you know, for Vickers and stuff. Well. You know, poor guy. Cat food. I'm still waiting for District 10. He said three years. 2012 would have been the perfect time. But no, it had to be Elysium. Had to make Elysium. We could... <laughs> nah, it's cool. Elysium. I haven't seen any of those. I saw the trailer a long time ago. Yeah. Are you excited for Jason Bourne? The next chapter. You know what's funny, actually? I thought it was kind of fun watching the original Bourne movies. Yeah, but it was fun because we had Becca. That is true, And yeah. Luke. And really, Luke watched it with us? He loves those movies. I thought it was just Becca. Yeah, you're right. It is, it is one of those movie or kinds of films that's more fun watching with other people. Dun, and dun, doing dun, live dun, riffing. Dun, 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 hey, did you see dun, dun, that uh, Riff Tracks? The MS, uh, Mr. Science Theater 3000 had a reunion mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Yep. In Minnesota, where... The show started. Cool. And they were all on the stage. That's great. Uh, there was uh, Mike Nelson. There was Joe Hodgson. Uh, Frank. TV's Frank. Uh, who's the other guy? Not, not TV's Frank, but the other guy with the mustache who was like also like a mad scientist. Oh, uh, something. Dr. Forrester. No, no, no. Um, uh, I his tip of my tongue. It's right there. Trace Bill U. There you go. Uh, Bill Corbett, uh, Kevin Murphy, uh, Mike Mike J's Mike Mike Nelson's, J. Mike Nelson's wife. Yeah. Fortunately, forgot her name. Mary Jo Pell. That's not his wife. No, no Mary Jo Pell. She was also on on the panel. And then as well, the new host of the of the next 
of the new seasons of Mystery Science Theater, which they yeah. remember successfully ended up backing up on Kickstarter, backing up. What are they backing up hard drives? Yeah, <laughs> they were backed that they were, that was backed on Kickstarter, and I watched that the other day. That was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Mystery Science Theater is pretty absolutely. Funny. Like Mystery Science Theater, I do. I remember a long time ago, two thousand nine, when we were in a better facility, uh, late at night. I would just put it on the projector, watch some crappy movie they were riffing, yeah, and work out the entire time. In a not too distant future. I Speaking, it's, yeah. sorry. it's funny because Mr. Science Theater is very much a predecessor, I think, to what today is now. Uh, I think kind of, I don't know, post two thousand internet age. We'll call it the internet age when the internet boomed, and everyone had high high speed internet. And, you know, internet culture kind of was born or whatever. I think that it opened up this whole thing like we're doing, like podcasting and just like being yourself. And let's say it's funny because Mr. Science Theater was very much before that. So they approached it very much like a show, which it was obviously on television. And so really they were in it to make jokes, riffing on a film and making pure jokes. So you're watching a film. Yeah. And it's like a joke, joke, joke. That's great. That's that's why everyone loves Mr. Science Theater because it's watching a film and it's funny commentary. That's right. Um, but it's funny because like I think that uh, today it seems like with Rift Tracks, as much as I like Rift Tracks, because it's pretty much the same. It's the same guys who did Mr. Science Theater, at least from the second generation yeah. with Mike and Kevin and Bill. It's interesting because I feel like now is kind of an opportunity where you can do that more casual riffing versus so much of the scripted riffing you know like yes, honestly like yes. for me i think i might enjoy more if those guys just hit record and, and watch the movie yeah. and they're talking as themselves and just in a room you know as friends just you know talking about how hilarious this guy who's <laughs> in godzilla talking about how it'd be great if they destroyed if the robot destroyed your family <laughs> i think that'd be kind of funny you know what i mean so i don't know that's what i think about mr science theater i like it a lot but at the same time, I think that maybe they'll do it in the new show. I don't know. I just feel like it'd be more fun if it was just casual conversation. The casual supernatural flow over the film. Exposing. What do you think about that? They can try it. I mean, they got this polished thing going on, right? Yeah. With their commentary. But, uh, you know, there's no reason why they couldn't try just riffing it for off it's the bat. It's because, like, I think the polished thing is good. But I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just I'm just because one of those people is like, you just want more natural conversations. Yeah, because then for me it feels even it can be even more funny because yeah. you're actually getting a real opinion like right there versus, you know, writing it out, practicing and then it being a perfectly crafted joke. Both equally good, but I'm just saying that maybe I like that other approach better. Yes. Anyway, was I a little too mean about the movies again? I keep asking that because I'm just now thinking of uh, what I've done because I just wanted to say, like, the movies are good. Like, like Jungle Book was fine. It's mm-hmm. just that I had some thoughts that I thought would... Oh, someone's interest. calling. It's the director of Jungle Book. John? He's listening. He's listening. John Favreau. Oh, he's typing to me. He said, Phil, that was so mean. Why? Why, Phil? Why? It's okay. It's like, there's a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> That's my response. <laughs> It's fine. You can make fun of my movie someday and tell me what, where I went wrong. And that's how we learn. Sounds good. <laughs> um, 
Okay. Well, I think this was enough because there's another special thing at the end. What? Oh, my thing? No. Oh, what is it? Me and Danny. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, Danny. We talk about this game called Dark Souls. So I think this will be a pretty packed podcast. I mean, got so many things going on. By the way, Samurai Jack is coming back. Yeah. Boundary Jack back to the past Samurai Jack. Let's do something fun for the next episode. Something jam-packed and fun. Let's do something fun. Everyone gets to talk about all kinds of stuff. Like, um, we can reminisce again and (laughs) and talk about something hilarious. Unleashed an unspeakable evil. Who can you bring on to just talk about stuff that happened before? We haven't had a guest in years. I know. Should we have a guest? He's very difficult to seek another guest. And I... I can't, like, you're trying to do Mako. As Aku, the shape-shifting master of darkness. What if we had three guests at the same time? If we had three guests, we had to make a couch and do it live. Just like Tim said. <laughs> That's right. We do it live. We do it live. What? Three of us. Live. <laughs> yeah that's right my friend uh what else can we say there's i mean i can read things again i mean i can what do you mean read things i can take a book out and read things <laughs> that's the case we can spare the reading okay i mean we'll do something later next time i'm just trying to think spice it up you know make it a more or pizzazz, you know? Then a foolish samurai warrior, wielding a magic sword, came to oppose me. Huh? Huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Before the final blow was struck, I... What was that? I tore open a portal in time. And now the fool... You know, he, like, the, 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 the... He comes, goes into the... Into the future that is Aku. Now the fool tries to get back and undo it, or whatever that was. Man, I'm just butchering that. (laughs) The future that is Aku. Just filling in the time. Public service announcement from Jake Dragish. Jake Dragish's public service announcement. And this has to do with just a... I'll just take, like, five minutes... Of your time. Of my time to... Quickly go over a few notes. Yeah, you and, have notes. Uh, some future an announcement I, from me. I'm ready to hear that because I, I know that I probably never heard these. No, you didn't. No, it's okay. just two notes. It's nothing really important. Okay. <laughs> the point of the matter is that um, a long time ago, back to the beginning of the 70s episodes, I did another one of my episodes where I talked by myself about things that I found interesting. Well, I was there. I know, but I, predominantly it was mostly me talking. <laughs> okay. And uh, surprisingly, I think that the episode didn't go as I wanted it to. And I wasn't that happy with it. And I think that um, kind of the way I approached what I was talking about, I feel like it wasn't what I was going for. Really? No. Uh, And I think that, like, if you look back at those two episodes I did, those initial ones... Those, I How far felt, back was that? Well, you know, back in the 50s. <laughs> back in the... Fi- yeah, yeah, I remember the back of the 50s. <laughs> um, Rockin' old time. 
Yeah, it was one of those two episodes where I talked about some stuff that I felt like, you know, at the time I felt like I wanted to talk about. And I feel like those episodes, I didn't listen to them, obviously, but, <laughs> but I feel like um, those uh, hopefully, you know, uh, um, translated into kind of what approach I was going for. Very much a, a sharing approach, a, like I said, non-didactic approach, just sharing what I think. And I feel like in this other episode I did, um, I didn't accomplish that. I felt like it was a little too, it was a little too technical and maybe in over my head. Um, I just feel like it wasn't, it didn't end up uh, how I wanted it to go. So after the episodes, I had two major realizations, which funnily enough, I didn't notice earlier. And those res- uh, realizations are number one. Yes, sir. That, uh, I'm going back to my. Yeah, One, two, yeah, three. yeah. There you go again. It's okay, but you'll get. I'll get to the ending here. Um, there you go again. Number one is that um, those kinds of episodes, like I wanted to do, I realized that um, context is critical in those kinds of episodes um, that, like I did, and I feel like um, this is a podcast that we started, me and you. With a very specific <laughs> premise, yeah. which was basically yeah. to casually yeah. communicate with our friends oh. and people we don't know yeah. about whatever. I, I think, well, it was whatever, but I think that you have to consider that the premise was very much we stuck to a kind of format and a kind of approach that was accessible, I think, for most people. Accessible. What did I say? Accessible. Is it really accessible? No, I, th- I say accessible. That's like excess. Accessible? Okay, whatever. It was accessible. <laughs> it's Iron Man. I know, yeah, that Not was a hard one. Iron Man. Yeah, the Iron Man. Um, yeah, so those. The, I think we started with a kind of premise, an unspoken kind of premise, that uh, our show was uh, accessible <laughs> to anyone. Because the topics we covered weren't topics of the nature of, you know, kind of uh, deeper questions that can be ultimately controversial. 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 Right. Um, You know, and this is a classic. I remember we talked to Tim after I did the episode. I was mentioning it to him. And he made a point. Tim Ethereum. And he made a point that, um, you know, it's true that this is kind of the category of politics and religion, Right. It's that category but where those it's are like the two things you don't two things you don't want to go and those are the two things I do want to talk about you know well I'm sorry my friend well I'm getting to that <laughs> not so much politics jumping the gun um, just like you always jump the gun but now I'm jumping the guns and regardless of whether my opinions what my opinions are on those subjects um, what I realized was that the context of this podcast isn't quite right for those kinds of topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, the second thing I realized is that I think when you're talking about those kinds of things, um, I feel like everyone has to be not necessarily on the same page, but on a similar page to jump on to engage with these topics. And the thing is that we've had, what, already 70-odd episodes of this show with a very specific premise like i mentioned that's right that's right accessible mm. uh i mean we mm. talk, mostly talk about films yeah and when we started this podcast i would say i was maybe more interested in movies than i am today 
Really? Just, mm-hmm. just, 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 just these past like two years, two and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Well, I feel like a lot has changed Crazy. for me. A lot Crazy. has changed in the past two years. Crazy. And uh, that's not to say that I don't like films, but it's just to say that you know when you do a podcast, you do invest yourself in the podcast, and I felt like that's why for me, like when we did a lot of those earlier episodes, as we kept going with the podcast, is that you know uh, I'm a very internal person. I um, uh, think about things uh, very often about myself, about you know what I'm doing and these types of things. Internal, I internalize a lot of stuff I do. Yeah. And so for me, it's like that's why I kind of thought that maybe, you know, I could take this into a different direction perhaps and kind of move it to maybe as well do things I'm interested in. But like I said, I realize now that this type of podcast we do has been around already for a little bit of time. And I feel like you guys who are listening to it, you guys who are listening to the podcast kind of expect a certain thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also, um, the fact of the matter is that, you know, this is really, at the end of the day, a very casual, a kind of chill podcast where we just... Chill. Like, even personally, I think that, let's say, my favorite episodes are... Let's say, All right, we, you. Chill. When we were, let's say... Chill. Um, um, you know, hanging out with, like, with Tim, there's three of us, like, just talking about, like, memories and stuff. Yeah, and I like that. Those are my favorite episodes because I think we're just being ourselves, we're being funny, uh, we're not taking ourselves too seriously, and we're having a good time. We're having a laugh, you know what I mean? <laughs> having I a laugh. Is he having a laugh? At the end of the day... Um, I feel like this podcast is also maybe more uh, leaning to maybe more things you like, Philip. Like I'm sorry, I'm not here to say it's a bad thing. My <laughs> okay, okay. Rock and roll live. I'm just trying to contextualize where I'm coming from with this, and that's cool, and that's fine. I think that's totally, uh, you know, I just didn't necessarily realize um, those two things. So context again. I feel like matters a lot, and the topics that I want to talk about and I'm interested in doesn't fit with the kind of podcast we have. And the second thing is, again, I feel like if you're going to do something like that, like I wanted to do, like the area I wanted to get into with my podcasts, um, I feel like it has to be, if it would be a podcast, it would have to be from the get-go immediately saying, like, this is what we're going to get into. Right, right. You know, these kinds of topics are, you know, they're not your casual, everyday stuff. And when everyone has that mindset, then it's a lot easier because you already opened it up from the beginning without, like, springing up, you know, on on people 70 episodes later. Yeah, yeah. So... I get you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know, like it, like the best way I could describe is like, you know, listening to, for instance, like, imagine you listen to like a football podcast, right? <laughs> and, I'm serious, like and this is the same start, thing. This is the same start, thing. And you're yeah. listening to a football podcast, and it's football, 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 football. Pick your pick your style, soccer, American football. It's just that's all it is. Seventy episodes of that, you know, podcast, and it's very technical. And sometimes people have their own anecdotes and stuff like that, and all that stuff. But it's very, you know. It's it's sort of safe because that's what you're expecting. That's the podcast about football. What else would it be, right? Football. And now imagine like at episode seventy, like one guy comes up, he's like Joe, who's on the podcast, the regular. He's like, guys, I feel like, like, what do you guys think about God? <laughs> Dead silence in the room, which is understandable. You know, it makes sense because like the podcast isn't necessarily about that. You know what I mean? It has a different premise, and so that's what I feel like at an extreme kind of angle. 
um, why I think my episodes don't work for the podcast show. Um, And it's again, like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's not like um, uh, the end of the world or anything, but uh, I just feel like it, it, it doesn't seem like this is the right kind of fit for the kind of stuff that I would like to talk about. Understood. But what I, what I right, do right, like right, to say right. is that I'd like to thank everyone immensely for the really awesome, encouraging letters you've sent me. Uh, I got personal letters as well. Oh, that's so stuff nice. And stuff on Facebook. And I really appreciate really nice. uh, you guys saying that you enjoyed those episodes that I did nice. and that it was, uh, you know... Um, it was just really, really encouraging to get those messages, and I really appreciate. I'm really glad that some of you liked it because I, I really was at the end of the day trying to be honest, and um, you know, I will admit like it is a lot tougher to talk about that stuff, especially like on a podcast. It's harder to do those things, and like I said, if the context doesn't feel quite right, like I don't know, Philip, what do you think? Like, doesn't it feel sometimes uncomfortable? Yes, right. I'm sorry to say. But please just admit it, because I, I think yeah, that's the point. you know, yeah. uh, I didn't have much to say because this, that's kind of it was kind of your don't want to be a, I don't want to be a little yeah, you like know, change no, the no, but but like it's like your soapbox kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I really I didn't have much to interact with you with. I just you know you write you say things and I'm like yep or mm, yeah, but yep. it, it, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't comfortable, right? Yeah, 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 I mean I agree. It wasn't comfortable for me too because I mean it's like. And I, I get it now, but I thought maybe we would get over that. But I feel like we would both have to have like the same um, approach and want to do it. And I feel like if we both don't necessarily want to do that thing, then we shouldn't. You know what I mean? And I know that we're both are on the podcast and we both have our own opinions and thoughts and things. But like I said, coming back to these two realizations that context is a key and already people who are listening kind of, you know... Um, I think expect a kind of certain vibe we're going for. All right, all right. So all right. I think that at the end of the day, for me, it makes more sense if um, you know this podcast stay a kind of like I said, uh, just a chill. Uh, you know, I don't want to use the word safe because it sounds really lame, but I'm just saying like you know uh, something you'd expect from a podcast where we started talking mostly about movies and pop culture about the movies. Stuff in our, you know, like uh, daily lives we're, we're into. And, and like I said, I don't want to, with this, I don't want to um, cut off like a broader, um, you know, area of, of topics. But I do understand that when you talk about, uh, you know, deeper questions, especially about religion, it becomes very uncomfortable. It can be very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I totally get that. And that's why I think... Um, if I were to do any other Jake episodes, I'm probably not sure if I'm going to do more. But if I would do uh, more, uh, I would just like to ask you if you would be interested in me maybe doing some episodes where I mainly talk about things that are probably more accessible, like music I still would like to talk about maybe, or my thoughts on creativity or you know creating or things like that that I maybe like is easier to listen to. And, it's, and I'm not you know stepping into this kind of, you know, vast, you know, unknown territory. I remember talking to um, uh, my friend Patrick. Patrick, shout out to Patrick. This is Patrick. And we were talking on uh, chat, and it was re- I really like what he Patrick. mentioned. So if you're listening to Patrick, uh, I really like what you said when you were... Which Patrick? Patrick. Patrick, our friend Patrick. The old uh, the old man from, from, from Ireland. 
from Ireland. Patrick. St. Patrick. St. Patrick, the my fifth. good friend. Now, Patrick knows who he is out there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he mentioned kind of these, you know, when it comes to these vast, unknown types of questions, you know. And I think that, you know, that's when you get into, like, religion, those kinds of things. It, you get into that, those vast unknowns, right? And that can be uncomfortable. And so if I were to do Jake episodes in the future, I would probably do them uh, in a more, you know, you know, not in that area, more in an area about, uh, uh, yeah, just, just topics that are, that are less, that, um, how do I put it, you know, um, that are less, I don't know how to explain it, uh, they have less, less emotion maybe attached to them, you know, so if you're listening to it, you don't go like, oh, you know, you might feel very, uh, emotionally <laughs> I'm just quiet. connected. Sorry. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know what you mean. Because like when you're talking about mm-hmm. that, it's it's a topic that's not easy yeah, to just yeah. strike a conversation with. I mean, it's difficult as it is to talk about those things in real life, let alone, you know, on a podcast. That's right. You see what I'm saying, Phil? Did that make any sense? Yes, yes, you're you made your point. Okay, so I made my point. How how long did it take to make my point? I think I'm gonna put this too in, long. Whoa. I think buddy. I'm gonna put this in the Whoa. middle of the podcast. So we start. Put it in the middle. Put it in the middle of the podcast. So you're listening um, to this in the middle. Oh man, I thought it was gonna be like five minutes. Oh well, it doesn't matter. The you point, made your point the already. The point of the matter is I made it. And so that's the public service announcement. <laughs> okay. Basically, to put it uh in a different phrase, we're going back to sort of form what you expect. So you don't have to worry, you don't have to worry about a Jake episode popping up or something, or me like going off on a tangent where you feel uncomfortable. Don't worry about that. We'll we'll stick to the to the chill casual stuff. And um like I said, I'm still me. I'll still be talking about stuff I like and enjoying things, but obviously won't be um, into those. Uh, so heavy, unknown. heavy. Yeah, heavy. It won't be heavy, and so you can, you can feel rest assured that it's you know you can pop it on and it won't be like oh no don't go there <laughs> don't go there Jacob I won't okay cool I'm done public okay. service announcement over cool so yeah. just like feeling I'm slots. excited you know fall fall 2016 might do fall's not even here yet buddy. <laughs> You're right. And you know what else I'd like to do at fall? I'd like to film that movie, but you know it Phil, Phil in like... spring, May. Fall. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for fall. Um, got four months left. It's, uh, it's fall to me. Okay, but like... I'll wear a hoodie in summer. Right. Running around with a hoodie in the uh, summer. Yep. Um, Not wanting to believe. Tell that to Chris. <laughs> the loser. <laughs> Dear Chris. Well, who Chris? From, uh, from Canada. Oh, yeah. Good friend He Chris. wears hoodies all the time, apparently. Chris is cool. Um, really? Yeah. But anyway, let me talk about the movie again that I'm working on. You know what? Guys, here's the thing. When you're trying to get a movie made, there's a lot of waiting involved. That, kids, is why I can't say anything about this movie. Because all I gotta do is wait, play my cards right, and approach people. And be naggy. So that's all that's That's what you gotta do, my friend. That's what you gotta do. Please, support me. Just nag, nag, nag. You have to. Help me. Support me. (laughs) I'm a video game character. Open the door. (laughs) No. Here we go. Oh, door's locked. Better f- find another way in. Looks like I need a key. Uh, door's locked. Try it again. Door seems to be locked. Try it again. Can't seem to open it. Try it again. <laughs> I might need to find a key. Try it again. <laughs> the key's in the other room, probably. Try it again. If I can just unlock the door, I can finish the level. Try it again. 
<laughs> okay, I'm done. It's true, though. It's... He's one of my favorite characters, the generic video game guy. Yeah. I love him. Yep. He's so good. He could be a mascot. Like, what's another great scenario like that from video Shin game? Gojira is coming out soon. You know, it's a good... What's that? The next Godzilla movie. Japanese. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, nice. But you saw the trailer. It's like zombie Godzilla coming out of the oh, ground. Oh, yeah, you're right. Hmm. Why don't they do some crazy stuff? Well, they do always crazy stuff, <laughs> don't they? What if they had a Godzilla marathon? Only if hey, Tim has a Godzilla marathon and we can live stream it. People can watch with us. Would that'd you guys be, do that? Would you guys watch? If only we had more oh, we people. Can't. Isn't it copyright or something illegal? Right. We just won't tell anyone. Yeah, but look, Shin Gojira, right? Oh, yeah, we can have everyone can just play at home, but that's a lot of work. Get What's up with oh, the Shin? Yeah. What's the Shin Gojira? What like does that that mean? Shin means like true. Like Shin guards? Big. Like big Shin is true. Like big Godzilla. Or, yeah. Why? But like, like it's the true Godzilla, you know. Over, like the overlord. Like, the, like you know, like that's kind of like a prefix in Japanese. And he just filled himself, that Godzilla guy. But the thing is, this movie, this is the first Godzilla film that came out since Final Wars. Yeah, Final Wars is good. <laughs> Final Wars is but good this stuff. one's directed by Hideaki Anno. Who did Evangelion? Mm. He's a very uh, respected. Yeah, I mean, people. Yeah, but he's a very artsy fartsy guy. So we'll Good. see what he does. Maybe he'll do something cool. And you know, in in English, the English title is Godzilla Resurgence. Oh no! Why? So we got we got Independence Day Resurgence and Godzilla Resurgence. <laughs> there would be a perfect perfect if then I bet this is a perfect like Japanese movie title. For Godzilla. Godzilla. G. That's it. Yeah. That's it. It would be called that. Or GX. Yeah, Godzilla. GX. And then typography would be like silver and 3D and it would like, you know, like explode in and then be even more text in the back, Mm -hmm. which is stretched and bright green. You you forgot one of the most integral trailer uh, elements. J-pop music. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Put her in her oh, yeah. That's funny. I think, are we done now here? Yep, I'm, I don't Probably have anything done. else to say. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is a special, special little corner again starring me, Phil. And Jacob's gone again. This is just like Batman v Superman. But in this case, we don't have Luke with us. We have the age-old friend that we've met a long time ago in 2014. His name is Danny. Or Daniel. How do you prefer to be called these days? What am I doing here? There you are! No, I'm in the stupid studio again. That's right, it's the stupid studio. Welcome back. Ah, uh, it's wonderful here. Would you like a drink of coffee, perhaps? It's it's very interesting that your uh, audio quality is quite different than the one that we're accustomed to. Yeah, once again, you put studio. me in the, the other room with the poor quality mic. Quiet, you. appreciate it, but... Quiet, no. quiet, we'll have none of this nonsense. What are you doing here, Danny? Uh, uh, Dan, Daniel. I really don't know. I, I just, I woke up, and then... Uh, I was in the studio, and you guys said, "Hey, we're doing a podcast today," <laughs> and uh, you know, I guess I that's guess that's what, we're, what doing. we're doing. But I see on the wall there, yes. you have a poster of uh, a uh, very that's very interesting correct. game title. That's right. Dark Souls. I 
which uh, is very interesting. I didn't uh, know you guys uh, played that. Well, you know, you know, just because we have posters doesn't necessarily mean we, we actually play these things. See, the thing... <laughs> yes, but see, I, I, I would agree with you, except then under that there is a cabinet with every single Souls title. Oh. So obviously just, you just guys don't, are big Don't fans. mind that. That's, that's just, that was just brought here today, and uh, it's just, uh-huh. I, don't, I don't know how this happened. I, I don't. Uh, please, you know the 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 bonfire over there. That's not even lit yet. I I just I yes. and I'm very confused. I'm actually so confused. Recover your ass. <laughs> I'm just so confused because um that's why we have you you the expert Danny. You are here oh, to, to, to talk me through what I've been confused about this whole time, which is, okay, okay I what admit... what have you been confused about? Well, I, I admit I put this poster and this altar and all that kind of stuff there right in the corner um, because I've been wanting to know. I've been wanting to know about this game that people have been, you know, liking. And for five years now. I've been now. seeing for five years. Um and as you said, it was Dark Souls, and uh, well, I should just say Dark Souls. And you definitely know a lot more than I do, and which is why you are summoned here. <laughs> Praise the sun. So, and what's what is your okay then? Uh, well, since I'm here anyways, and I can't get out, um, what is your first question? My first question is, what is the appeal? Because I've been seeing a lot of people playing this game, and I keep and I just see people dying and get frustrated, right. which is what the game I believe is one of the big hooks of the of this this franchise or the series. <laughs> I like to say. Okay, so what is this? Um, I I think especially if you were to look on you know YouTube or whatever, uh, you know you may see compilations of deaths or you know people talking about it or whatever. So um, well, the tagline says prepare to die exactly indeed and and so I, you know i'm not going to deny that that's um that's been a marketing push but at the same time i would also say that the uh games director uh Hidetaka miyazaki has also said that uh the difficulty in the games wasn't just to make it difficult they didn't want to just create something brutal uh but it was rather part of the immersive experience and there is ah. definitely um you know, there's a balance where if you make your game too easy and you're trying to have a serious setting, then that doesn't feel right. But at the same time, if you make something too difficult, then it's not going to appeal to a lot of people because then they have to, you know, get up where that is. So, yeah, I think I'll just mm. kind of explain that a little bit. Um, that's that's great because, like, you, as far mm-hmm. as I know, you're very interested in this whole the the whole concept of of game design, which oh, yes. is the reason why you've brought this upon me. Well, or maybe <laughs> I don't know. I, I just woke up and we were here, so I just figured we might <laughs> right. as well talk about this. Right. I I can't confirm or deny. Uh huh. Um, but would you please just for everybody who probably isn't familiar, what is Dark Souls in a nutshell? What sure. is the premise? What okay. Is okay. It? Yes. Absolutely. So the premise of it, uh, as far as the, the the setting, the world, whatever. I guess you could say, imagine like a Lord of the Rings kind of kingdom uh, with dragons and zombies. So the dragons really, really zombies, rough, yeah, yeah, the really, really rough version of the story is that the world was uh, ruled by giant stone dragons, and eventually something happened where a uh, kind of 
magical fire of sorts started, and these four uh, Veens got a lot of power from it, and they basically gathered up armies and decided to fight the dragons, and they won. Uh, but then, many years later, this mysterious undead curse showed up, where basically anybody that uh, dies essentially turns into a zombie, but not like the brain-eating kind. They still, uh, like if they were a knight, uh, they're still fighting with their swords and stuff like mm-hmm. this. And so um, the the four great beings, they got really scared, and they tried to do some dangerous things to try to save themselves, uh, most of which failed. So the undead curse is still running rampant, and the person that you play when you start is basically you are... You, you are an undead, you are a zombie, sort of, but at the same time, you are not, you have not reached the point where you've lost yourself, your sanity. Uh, so, and so your goal is to try to, like, sort of regain your humanity, find out what's going on in the world, and there's just a lot of stuff that isn't told to you, but you're able to explore and find out about it, and it's, it's fantastic. And you trudge through the afterlife surviving, I guess? Uh, sort of. I, I wouldn't say it's the afterlife. <laughs> I mean, I guess that could be one in- interpretation of it, but um, yeah, so, so you are in this world, this kingdom, and at first you start um, basically in an asylum, in a sort of a jail, because what with the curse, you cannot truly kill one of these zombies. What happens is you, you kill them, and then they basically just sort of you know, come back because of how strong the curse is. And so they didn't know what to do with them. And they were afraid of them because the curse was spreading. And so they sealed them away out of desperation. And so here you are, and you haven't, uh, as the term goes in the game, you haven't gone hollow. You still have yourself. And, uh, okay. yeah. And so this one very nice knight, he tries to save you and gives you an opportunity to sort of, uh, you know, have a new life to, to search and uh yeah, find out what's I going saw on. That, yeah. I saw that in the opening um mm-hmm. the, 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 yeah the opening and uh I was wondering so that 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 night that sort of just throws down one of the little uh lights the I guess that's a soul I don't know Oh yeah uh, well in that case so yeah that that was a key actually an item yeah Oh okay they appear <laughs> the little See that's things. how much I've played this game yeah oh, you know, I, I That's just, very surprising just... considering you guys have every single title on the shelf Quiet be quiet and <laughs> and um so and that sort of person would probably be another let's say in the in the game's sort of way of saying is like another player i would say right uh yeah in in a way so basically uh i i don't think there's really a lore reason for uh the the bodies having items they just kind of figured that was a a nice way to do things rather than just have oh. items floating without being able to tell what they are or something but yeah, the guy that saves you, you're able to interact with him later on. And sadly, he's dying and he does go hollow. And you're actually able to come back Ooh, to that place rough. later on and you find him as a hollow. And so you can't talk to him and he attacks you, which is really sad. Oh. Yeah, but, uh, so. So. Well, that, um, that kind of clears a lot ahead. of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I, I was wondering... Um, if I can touch on the difficulty aspect a little bit, because I think yes. a lot of people, the first thing that they hear about these uh, these games is that they are really hard, which is kind of sad because while that's sort of true and they're not easy to get into, um, it, it's much more than that. Like I said, like they weren't trying to be brutal. They were trying to be challenging. 
Um, so they're certainly not easy. They're not for everyone. Um, but I would say that they're the challenging kind that is very rewarding if you give it the time and effort. Mm. Um, and so you could say it's like, oh, it's sort of more of a, you know, a hardcore experience. But at the same time, like, there's a lot of interestingness, um, not just to the combat, but to the characters and everything. So uh. it's, it's definitely worth, um, getting into. Um, yeah, because like when I saw uh, a few people playing it, because I'm too scared. <laughs> like even though I have this whole collection with me uh-huh. at the moment, man, when someone takes a hit, they really take a hit from just even the, the low level grunts. <laughs> and I was really surprised by this because that, and I was like, oh man, so this is the kind of game. And I was thinking, man, this is kind of cool because that's kind of realistic in a way because two hits and you're dead. Yeah, from a sword. <laughs> from like, anybody. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. And that's what I liked, and that's what kind of, you know, I felt that was kind of appealing. And, you know, I can't wait to actually open these games and actually play it myself yeah. now that you told me what it's about, because it's so difficult to actually understand. Yeah. Like, well, you know, what are these castles and these these, these scary skeleton people and <laughs> undead dragons and all this stuff? I mean... Yeah, actually, so there what's is... Your, so, so <laughs> well, how, like, how far have you been and gone through all the... Uh, I have made the journey several times. I've actually several times beaten it probably I don't know five times. Which I mean that is that is rare for me uh, to do with the game nowadays. Like you know most games you know I'll check them out and if they're interesting I'm willing to play through them once. Um, But to play through it that many times actually should uh, I guess speak to the significance of them. But uh, I mean I can get more of that later I guess. Um, what, what I just kind of wanted to follow up with real quick, uh, and you made some good points is that the, the level design is, it's something that is very organic. You feel like you, there's, 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 there aren't many points where you feel like, oh, the architecture is, is based around being game. Like it is in a sense and that it's like sort of accessible and everything, but at the same time, like. The architecture is very, very uh, grounded most of the time. And, like, furthermore, like, every area will kind of have its own um, series of challenges with, you know, different enemies or, you know, they're grouped together a certain way where it's like, oh, you have to take on archers and, you know, swordsmen right, at right. the same time, or there's a giant uh, armored boar that's charging at you. And, and those all monsters things. look so cool, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, um, especially in the latest game, uh, which actually. Dark Souls 3, which is the finale of the trilogy, just came out. That's um, right, that's what so I heard. Cool. But, uh, yeah, so, like, the level design, one of the greatest things about it is it does something that a lot of games don't do, I think, just because either um, the game designers are kind of, they're lazy, they don't have enough time, or <sighs> they don't trust their players to be smart enough, which is they make the world uh interconnected they make it so that like you know let's say you know you start in the first area right there's three different paths that you can immediately go from without anybody really telling you what to do or anything there's three different uh areas that oh, you can really? just explore and go off on and then on top of that those areas connect to like other parts of the game that you'll like you know you'll be exploring you you know you'll go oh i'm going to go off on this path or whatever and you'll uh, find a door and you'll open it and you're like, where's this? And you realize that it's a shortcut to an area that you've been before. And you have moments like that all the time in the game. And it just it feels really rewarding and kind of um, 
cuts down on the difficulty because, you know, there's certain checkpoints that take place as bonfires. And so when you are mm-hmm. able to open up these shortcuts, uh, the world that seems so vast and overwhelming uh, starts to become, you know, smaller and more connected and you get familiar with it. And so then if you do die and you, you know, come back at one of these bonfires, uh, you're not, you're not like, oh, where is everything? And, oh, I lost all this progress because now you have a shortcut. Ah, so it has a more organic approach into uh, allowing the player to explore the world. And with that in mind, I, rem- I seem to recall that the games also, they don't do the classic or at least the modern classic approach, which is sort of kind of baby stepping you through uh, <laughs> yes. the story or what you have to do or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of like leaves you there and, uh, you know, you're going to have to figure it all out by yourself, right? Yes. Um, <laughs> it, that it, It's very interesting because I would say there, there are some aspects of that where it's, it can be too cryptic. It, it doesn't tell you totally everything. Like, for example, um, you know, in a lot of games, like, you know, oh, you can jump. And so you just press a button and, and you jump. Um, and this mm-hmm. one, uh, because there's a certain focus in game design, and I can say this because, I mean, I've studied this game particularly for almost two years now, actually. Okay. Um, Whoa. Yeah, where there's a certain focus where if you're wanting you know, in this case, like, the focus to be on combat, then it is particularly, like, melee combat, um, there isn't really a reason for you to want to allow the character to jump. It would seem a little bit silly in some cases. Um, so you can still jump in this, and there are times where, like, you know, if you want to get to a certain secret, um, say, like, there's a, a bridge that has, like, a small part of it cut out or whatever, you could jump from one side to the other or, or anything like that. So, um... You know, doing certain things like that, like jumping, isn't... I don't think it's really explained to you, even, you know, after the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, at the same time, uh, aside from little pitfalls like that, for the most part, yeah, they, they really try to... Uh, they, they teach you the basics, and they just kind of go, okay, go forth. And the balance to that, I would say, is that uh, the challenges that you're presented with, they start out relatively easy they allow you to kind of um you know get familiar with things get over the learning curve and and so that's one of the things you know thank you for bringing it up that's one of the things that i kind of wanted to touch on is that if you're able to get over the learning curve the game becomes much much more enjoyable uh once you learn how the combat works you know how to manage your stamina and everything and that might sound like, oh, this is, you know, this is arbitrary. This is only for people that really, really care. But at the same time, it, it really starts to have this, um, this sort of organic feel where, you know, contrasting with, uh, Zelda or Castlevania, which th- this game is definitely inspired from, um, mm-hmm. this one really tries to ground you as like, okay, you are a knight. And as you were saying, like, technically you can die in a few hits, but at the same time, what you can also do, is, you know, you can seek out um, heavier armor and you can uh, train to be able to, you know, wield this armor without really slowing you down. And so, and then on top of that... And if you're too heavy, you can just take off your shoes and boots (laughs) and you can run around barefoot with full armor. Yeah, as silly as that may be, that is definitely a strategy if you want to do it. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, and on top of that, like, if, if an area was giving you trouble originally, 
it is it is very fun when you find one of these shortcuts or you're in one of these areas again. Um, you know, after you've you've trained up and you know you have a nicer weapon or better armor or anything like this, uh, if you try to you know, take on these enemies again and just, you know, oh, they were giving you so much trouble and everything and you just destroy them. And, uh, I mean, not nice. to say it becomes easy, but at the same time, you get that real sense of progress- uh, progression that other games don't do as well. Yeah. Kind of, okay, I have, I'm more familiar with, uh, Monster Hunter than oh, I yeah. am. Oh, um, yeah. I need that, to play that series That's kind sometime. of the same, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing in a way that, uh, your uh, your influence over how you're playing it is uh, a lot more important than how the game sort of levels you up. Mm-hmm. Because like once you actually know how to play it and you get through it, it's still really hard to do. Like when we have to take down all these giant monsters, and they're definitely stronger and more you know durable right. monsters than others. But it does. Uh, you do really feel that you got better because of how well you're. Exactly, you know, it, it's more well skill based than it is yes. like, oh, I'm a higher level now. You know, yeah, exactly. It, and that, and I think that's one of the best kind of games, in my opinion. I absolutely I think you agree. Would agree. Yeah, and it really makes it makes it really fun. But and, and it makes the entire like all the grinding and stuff like that, and uh, you know, working to getting to getting better and failing and coming back. Mm-hmm. Makes it a lot more worth it and a lot more satisfying. I absolutely agree. Uh, part of the reason that I played it um, so many times is that, I mean, like, not that I played it all in a row, obviously. This was over the course of like two years, but um, I would come back to it every now and again to not only study different parts of the, you know, the level design, the gameplay, the characters, and everything, because um, it, it really is deep, but at the same time, um, as you were saying, when you come back to it again, even if you uh, you know you start a new playthrough or whatever, the knowledge that you have of not only the levels and you know oh how do I you know level up or get the best armor or whatever, but in terms of how you're playing, like I said, like kind of you know getting through that learning curve and really getting yeah. in groove with you know how can I be a more skillful player? Um, this game has a gigantic focus on that. And so it just feels so good where you're not just like, okay, I'm going to go off, I'm going to grind and, you know, like, you know, and I'm just going to, you know, come back whenever I'm a higher level or whatever. This one, you could be a low level um, throughout most of the playthrough and you may die and, you know, a couple hits or not have the best armor or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you are going to just, you know, it's going to feel so much more satisfying because you're yeah. going to succeed because of your skill and not just because you went off and grinded for several hours. Totally. I like that. Yes. <laughs> so um, one of the aspects uh, that a lot of people may not know about is that there is a huge amount of community and multiplayer, actually, uh, in, the, in the world oh, yeah? that they try to encourage with these games. And the interesting thing about it is that it's not... They try to incorporate it into the world, like everything else. Um, uh-huh. they, they try to make it feel like, you know, like you're going to know that, okay, yes, this is the multiplayer or whatever. But at the same time, uh, they really try to not, like, take you out of, you know, you could say immersion or whatever word you want. But uh, so what they do is, uh, roughly speaking, they try to um, have the summoning signs if you want to be able to summon another player and so you physically have to 
you know, find one of these signs that someone else has put down in this exact area and, you know, summon them and then they can come to your world mm-hmm. and then they can help you, uh, fight the denizens of darkness, as it were, the undead and all the uh, other manner of things, uh, but up don't to they and come including in, the bosses, sorry. which is really fun. Oh, nice. Um, but don't they like come in as like some kind of red kind of ghost? <laughs> yes. So that that is the other side of it. Um, What's that? Yes. So if you decide to uh, be a little uh, a little evil, you can invade the world of another player as a red phantom uh, rather oh, than really? like a white phantom. I guess it would be for the for the good side. And the reasoning to do this is twofold. One, um, of course, fun. You know, if you just want to. Uh, Come into a world as basically um, an impromptu boss that the other player may not be <laughs> expecting, um, because you could be, you know, like th- th- they try to balance it out where if you are, you know, if you are too strong, like if you are, uh, you know, like if you were strong enough to have like really good weapons or armor or whatever, um, then you're not going to be able to invade a lower player. But at the same time, um, if you're the one invading, like you, your purpose is to actively seek this person out and hunt them. Whereas the other person, they may just be going along in their game and not expecting anything. And then they go, oh no. And they're not expecting <laughs> to fight somebody. And then, you know, they have to deal with that along with the enemies at the same time. And so it can be <sighs> that, scary. That sounds fun though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and I should also point out, like, if that seems unfair to anyone, uh, the other uh, aspect of that is that you can only be invaded when you are... Um, unhollowed when you are like when you have your humanity restored and long story short what that is is uh there's reasonings to do that one is you can only summon people if you are human and then the other thing is you can uh basically increase your bonfire if you want to where you make the bonfire bigger and the bonfire and the bonfire yeah yeah, you mentioned that right will uh give you more uh the equivalent of potions or your Estus Flask, which helps because uh. um, one of the, just real quick to touch on that, like one of the really nice things about the progression of like an, uh, a level or whatever, if you're dying a lot, um, is these Estus Flasks, which again are basically just potions, um, they, they, they have a certain number to them. Like you start off with five and then you can go to 10 and then 15 and so on. Uh, the max is like 20, but that's much later on. But the point is, is that while you're going through an area, you know, after when you're in a safe spot and you're able to uh, drink this and and to recover your health, Mm -hmm. as you're getting closer to the boss and you're exploring and you don't know where everything is because it's, you know, it's an open world and and everything like this, you don't have a map, um, you're able to use those Estus Flasks as sort of a, a benchmark of sorts like from your skill from just being familiar with the area um to where like Mm -hmm. if you reach the boss and you had zero left then you know that you need to be more careful you need to uh you know you need to get better in everything but if you reach the boss and you have most of them left well then congratulations and you're probably going to stand a better chance against the boss now um so that's Uh. something that like they don't really draw attention to and yet most players pick up on that and they just go oh you know, I reach this point That's and I great. have, you know, this, this many more, uh, potions or Estus or whatever. Um, and just, it's kind of hard to describe, but most people pick up on that organically without the game having to tell them. And it's just, it's awesome. That's great. I like that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's how you do it. 
I'm sorry. Was there? Did you have a question? I don't know. Now okay. I know so much more. Yeah. Well, after this, we can, uh, you know, open up one of these games off your shelf. Yes, and, we can. We and definitely we can just chill can. out. And I'll figure out a way to get you out of that. Yeah, yeah. And then you can you book in. me a flight back to California. That'd be that'd be fantastic. nice. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah. Except I mean, uh, as nice as the studio is, sometimes it does feel a little bit like prison. I mean, I just have to be honest. You know. <sighs> Many people have said that, but uh, I, I just think of it better, you know, as a, you know, a nice. It's like it's like a hotel, you know. It's, it's great. I mean, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's like anyway. Continue, sir. Stockholm syndrome is setting in. Um, That's what we're waiting for. Yes. Yeah. So um, beyond that, uh, beyond the the like in-game multiplayer aspect, um, the community I would say is one of the strongest. In, in, like, uh, I don't know, aside from, like, games that try to actively be multiplayer, um, this one, I would say, because it's largely uh, single-player focus, um, it, it does have a very strong community to the point where um, probably one of the biggest, biggest examples of it is when the first uh, game in the, the trilogy originally launched back in 2011 or something like that, um, it mm-hmm. only came out on consoles, on the Xbox and the PS3. And basically the fans loved it enough and wanted it enough on the, uh, on the PC that they basically made a petition, got a whole bunch of signatures or whatever. And I guess, uh, uh, Bandai Namco or the creators of the game, uh, they saw it and thankfully they listened to it. And so they actually ported it to PC. And then from there, when the other games came out, um, uh, two and three, they released on PC alongside with the consoles, which wouldn't have happened if the fans didn't show that there was a oh, desire fantastic. For it. That's good. Yeah, that's so, nice to hear. Uh, because I mean, uh, like even for myself, like it's been a, as a game designer, it has been um, probably one of the most significant games for me to study, and I would not have had access to it otherwise. Um, mm. I didn't really know about it until a couple of years ago. And the only reason that I was able to experience it is because it was on a PC because I don't own the consoles and uh, yeah. I was able to get it for $5, something ridiculous. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. So That's great. Steam sales, they're a fantastic thing. They're but, pretty uh, good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. So one of the, one of the last things that I want to touch on is um, the characters in the story are very interesting because they also feel like they're, I don't want to say intelligent, but at the same time, um, they're kind of organically put in too, where in a lot of like RPGs or just games in general, if you find a character, uh, first of all, most of the time you can't hurt them. And this one, you can kill literally everyone from the moment that you meet them. What? Yes. And <laughs> that might sound brutal or whatever, but the, the purpose of that is kind of twofold. Um, if you feel that a character is going to do something bad, uh, which some of them will, which I'm not going to give any spoilers some about. Some of the NPCs, but, huh? Uh, yeah. You can uh, you can decide to end their, uh, their life pretty early, and they will attack back, and so some of them are pretty strong, and if you're not prepared for that, then every single time that they see you from then on, they will uh, try to slaughter you. So, oh! yes. So you may... You, better be prepared to do that, which um, when you start out, one of the very first uh, bonfires that you start at, there's an NPC that sort of is 
acting like a tutorial guy. He tries to give you hints or whatever. But if you are uh, foolish enough to attack him, well, then you have a big problem because not only is he stronger than you, but he's right next to that bonfire. And so every single time that you try to rest, uh, he's going to be there, not allow you to rest. And then every (laughs) single time that you come back, he's going to attack you again. So the game... uh, sort of wow, punishes you like for that. your foolishness. That's really cool. <laughs> that's that's a good. So the game is pretty much very open-ended, but in not the way that media likes to sort of say is open-ended, like you know, like uh, like the kind of sandbox thing where you can do anything anywhere. Oh yes. But yeah, it's more it, it's more open-ended where it's in like in the world, yeah. Yeah, like um how you progress, you can you there's you have a lot of freedom to um use your head and think for yourself, which exactly, is exactly. really good. Um, so with that, like one of the great things about these characters is, um, uh, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't think I touched on it, but, uh, uh, most characters in games, they will, uh, they will stay in the very same place throughout most of the game. Maybe you'll see them in like one other place or whatever. Um, each of the characters in this game, if you don't, well, e- you know, actually if you interact with them, sometimes this helps, but, um, they have their own stuff that they're doing throughout the game. They have their own quest, they have their own stories and everything. And so um they each have their own plot lines, which, you know, as opposed to most games, like I've said, like it doesn't really try to hold your hand. It doesn't try to um purposefully show you too much. And so it's really interesting when you kind of discover um where these characters are and you're like, oh you're you know, you're here again and like, you know, they'll tell you kind of what they're doing and sometimes like they're a little bit vague about it, but when you really figure out um their full storyline, it's actually really interesting and like it's it's hard to describe without going into all the details, but um I would say it's one of the best ways that I've seen storytelling with characters. And the I would say so. Yeah. And so the other games in the series have um continued on with that and it's it's just fantastic i i would love to see uh more games do that kind of thing <laughs> right that would be the nicest thing yeah because from what I, from what you said i think uh if i can get this straight mm-hmm. um the way you interact with them and talk to them and try to figure things out yourself again uh, gives you more information on what the story is as opposed exactly. to having to go through a cutscene and another cutscene and <laughs> Not, no options there. Yes. A little quick time event, and then yeah, yeah no I, cutscenes. I would say there. absolutely the worst thing that almost any game could do um, is an unskippable cutscene. If if you want to, <laughs> and so this game kind of does the opposite, where not only if there is a cutscene uh, can you skip it if you want to, um, but on top of that, um, it, it really tries to avoid cutscenes. It it just goes okay, well this is you know this is happening in front of you. And we didn't, you know, uh, we're not forcing this on you. We're, we're just kind of, it's it's happening right now. Um, and so what are you going to do about it? And so it really does keep you in the world and helps the characters feel a little more um, believable or tangible or whatever you want to say. Um, and so I think that's, that's fantastic. That's cool. So I will have an, one question mm-hmm. for you, sir. Except it's not really about a about a Dark Souls oh, as much as it is it like kind of the sister game something like that. It's called Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't want I didn't want to confuse people, but now's a good time to bring that up. Uh, what is your question? Yeah, my question is: It's Dark Souls, but just in, in a neo like a gothic 
theme. Mm-hmm, like a Victorian city, basically. Yeah. So why do people kind of like differentiate them when they're kind of the, the same, aren't they? Well, um, in some ways, definitely yes. It's it's, it's so for people that don't know, uh, Bloodborne is a is a game that came out last year, um, and it's not it's not in the same series as Dark Souls, but it is created by the same people, has similar combat, uh, sort of like you know thought process with the characters, the love design, enemies, and stuff like this. Um, uh-huh. and so if I had to describe it, uh, I would say it's, <laughs> take something like Van Helsing meets HP Lovecraft and oh, put it nice. in a giant Victorian city. It's very, very, very interesting. Um, but otherwise it's pretty much kind of the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and like to say that it's the same thing is actually okay because of the kind of games that these are, uh, where, you know, like you could say, oh, they sort of have a formula, but the the formula is so, you know, like you enter the world and you don't like, even if you played one of these games before, you don't really know what to expect. You don't know, uh, you know, what kind of, uh, level design enemies, characters, uh, secrets of, to the world, because there is a lot of mystery, particularly in Bloodborne. I would probably say Bloodborne has a lot more mystery going on than Dark Souls and, it has one of the most interesting stories that I've seen in a game yet. Huh. Yeah. Um, at one point, uh, this is something that I would love to see games do more. Uh, and this isn't really a spoiler, but, um, at one point the world changes dramatically because you're led to believe that you should go, uh, kill a certain creature. And once you do that, uh, then some big event happens and it changes the world and suddenly, uh, you're able to go back to these areas that you used to think were safe and they're no longer safe anymore. And oh. uh, things get very interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Van Helsing meets HP Lovecraft set in a giant Victorian city. And then with the Dark Souls that's, kind of combat. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of your, your that's that was, that's how you would pitch it. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> on top of that, Good. let me just say real quick, one of the probably the best things uh, that they decided to do here was um, in Dark Souls, there's a lot of, you know, weapons, armor, whatever. And this one, there actually aren't that many, which helps, uh, I would say, new players because, you know, then it's less confusing. And on top of that, the biggest thing is that with the weapons, every single one of them can transform from, uh, you know, one weapon into another. And for the most part, they make sense. It's not just like this, you know, oh, game thing or oh, whatever. Like, you know, you can have... Uh, it's a little bit hard to describe, but like you have a hammer and the handle of it is actually a sword and you can pull out that sword and use it as a sword rather than a hammer. And yet it's the huh. same weapon. Cool. Yeah. And every single uh, weapon is like that. And also there's guns, including a cannon. If you decide to go that route. Ah, yes. Guns. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit hard to describe, but I would say it's a lot faster paced uh, than Dark Souls. There is no shield uh, like there is in Dark Souls quite commonly. Uh, you're a lot faster. The enemies are a lot faster. And so in that way, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's more, it takes more skill than Dark Souls does, but it takes its own kind because everything is a lot faster and you can't be defensive. Uh, you have to be much more aggressive. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. One of the best I games I think I've ever seen, actually. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, well, uh, was there any more questions I've... you had about Blood Bowl? 
I don't think so. I think that's you answered everything that I needed to know. So wow. we can open yeah, so these can boxes and, and I can get into this it. Prison. Um, ah, good. Um, so, um, yeah, like, I mean, if if it's okay, I think I'll just have some final thoughts real quick. Is that all right? Go for it, man. Okay. So, yeah, I would say um, if you are anybody that's interested in game design, if you want to create games or just study them or whatever, because they are finally, I, w- I would say they have the potential to um, be one of the most adaptive mediums uh, in, in entertainment where they finally reached a point where they can be pretty much anything that the creators want them to be. Uh, nice. From something that has sort of heavy movie elements like Metal Gear Solid uh, to something like this where you can create this giant expansive world um, that you know, you're not hogged down by, uh, you know, really, you know, just like the world looks really detailed and uh, the characters are detailed and the enemies and everything like this. We finally kind of reached this point where basically anything's possible. And so uh, with that being said, I would say that these games have some of the most um, thought put into them. And yet, like, if you really give it a chance, they're not... Um, uh, they're not as alienating as some people might say, like, oh, they're too difficult or whatever. Um, there's, there's just a lot of great stuff about them, a lot of mystery, a lot of uh, great combat concepts that they keep on trying to uh, sort of iterate on, and, and uh, it's just a lot of great fun. Um, I would say for myself, uh, just as a personal note, even though I have studied the game quite a bit and I respect it and everything, um, one of my complaints with it is the is actually uh, for Dark Souls itself, um, the setting and visuals. Um, it's it's definitely something that some people are going to like more than others. Um, mm-hmm. For myself, it's been sort of a roadblock to saying like, you know, oh, this is you know one of my favorite games or whatever, and that's fine. I, it, it's okay. Like I still respect a lot of things about it, and uh, despite my small complaints about it. Uh, I would say that it has been one of the biggest inspirations uh, for me to realize that there are certain satisfying aspects about game design that um, I could touch upon that people are craving for and people want to see more of. Um, But what I want to do is I kind of want to create a brighter, uh, more sort of Zelda-like experience um, oh. but with some of the same concepts, if you could say. Uh, and I really, <laughs> I don't want to get into too many details. Uh, I think I've already briefed uh, Phil once before, but uh, uh, suffice it to say, I've been laying the groundwork for that for about a year now, um, starting in June of last year. Yeah, it's still a long ways off, but I'm confident it'll resonate with many people when it's finished. Oh, man, that's great. You dropped the bomb, dude. So, I think that bomb's going to be able to explode you out of this room now. Yeah. <laughs> and That's uh, awesome. with that, I'm going to take you captive to, with me uh, to California so you can help me with the music on the game. Oh, man. Really? That's awesome. Let's do that. Oh, okay. You want to be my prisoner <laughs> making music all day? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't know you would be okay with that. But, well, as long as I can bring all the Dark Souls uh, collection with me. Yeah, that'd yeah, be great. yeah. I'm sure all the right, TSA cool. will I guess that's fine. Put this cabinet on the plane. <laughs> Well, thank you so much 
Oh, thank you. Danny, Aside from for being able to tell me what this 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 game is all about. Now I know so much more than I did just about like 30 minutes before and it's really cool that you actually were able to tell us even if it's just a little bit what this whole purpose was because I think I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to be up to. Mm -hmm. Oh, one last thing that I would like to say is if anyone wants to um uh, wants to learn more uh, about the game, the like the characters, the story, whatever. Um, if anyone ever is interested in that, probably one of the best uh, places to go is there is a YouTube channel, uh, which we could probably send a link to, uh, called Vadi Vidya. And this guy, he just it's it's hard to explain, but he's a he's an Australian guy that uh, discovered this series many years ago, and he does a great job at kind of demystifying uh, the, the crypticness of it with the characters, with the, with the world and everything. Oh, and he cool. really helps kind of tie things together and presents it just so, so professionally and to the point where he's actually making a living off of doing that now. And uh, yeah, I absolutely cannot recommend him enough. Yeah. So Nice. So, we shall uh, put it on there. I think my, uh, my last tip here would be don't go hollow. <laughs> nice. And with that bombshell, it's time to end this little corner. Thank you, uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, me. <laughs> hey, I found this key on this porch. I think I'm gonna lock this door here. All right. Well, uh, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be on my way then. I pretend I didn't see that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay. Good. That's it. We gotta think of something to do next time. I don't know. Rakitu Kazemi! What could be fun? What can we make this like a fun thing to do? Put your answers down on the comment section. Yeah, put it in the comment section. This is the perfect time because at the end of the podcast you'll remember to do it. Yeah. Put your ideas for the next podcast episode in the comments. Tell us what you would like to see. Okay. But no, now everyone's listening to Danny and you talk. And I, I was just thinking I'll put this at the end. Okay. There you go. Thank you. Bye. See ya.
What instrument is the correct instrument that is the main instrument of the song? What instrument is the main instrument? Rock and roll. Rock and roll live. Oh, can I have the chair then if you're not using the chair? I know, but don't you want volume? I want volume. Ah, look at that volume. Ooh. That's called volume, my friend. That's called volume.